This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. It's good to be back for a brand new season. Uh, not with brand new signings, just same old, <laughs> same old uh, we've got here. Uh, no injuries to account for other than, of course, you'll notice that Owen isn't here, sadly. Uh, he is working this evening, but will endeavour to be joining us throughout the course of the season when and if he is available, as goes for, of course, all of our guests. But hopefully we'll be back to full strength as soon as possible, which can't be said the same for Arsenal, but we got to talk about that and we will do very shortly. I'm joined tonight by Sophie from the Hybrid Squad. How are you doing, Soph? Epic. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not too shallow a day off today. So, uh, oh, look at you boasting. Of course, wow, getting the steps you. in, you know, all of that stuff. Um, I'll talk What'd you a little shoot? bit. What'd you more. shoot? What'd you shoot? Uh, I'm not saying <laughs> must it, be wasn't, in the 90s, it wasn't then. a good round, it really wasn't. It was, it was <laughs> well over 100, which is not great for me. Um, it was a bad one, it was a bad one, but uh, it's only the second time I played this course that we were playing at, so I'm still learning it. And uh, I'm trying a different swing start, I'm trying to learn how to kind of like not slice my ball so badly. Like, I usually really like compensate for the slice and now i'm trying to learn to be more straight and it's it's difficult to learn the stance so yeah it's like it feels like it shouldn't be the way you hold it when you do it i'm told but i will get there gradually slowly listen tom my golf game went to crap when i tried to learn how to shoot a fade you know or a draw and then i gave up and just just hit it you know just (laughs) i'm not i'm not equipped to do any of that stuff so I found my game improve when I didn't focus on all of the buzz shots to hit. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, if you, just hitting it is a, is a win. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big win. So yeah, absolutely. Um, also joined by the doc. How are you doing, Doc Raj? You good? You well? Yeah, yeah, doing well, doing well. Just in between patients here, so. <laughs> I love how uh, Doc always sounds so excited about everything. I know. It's amazing. It, yeah, it's great to see you guys. <laughs> You sound so happy you. for that. <laughs> you gotta save it. You gotta save it for the matches. 
Notice oh, how the man. two Californians are wearing the one's wearing a beanie in the heat, and the other one's got you know mm. as as usual the hat back to front I've right got, there. Um, like, so. What have I've you got? got a Cincinnati Gooners cap nearby. Could yeah, there you go. We like Cincy. Yeah, that's very, nice. Very, very nice. Yeah. It's a massive hat, yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, Matt got me this. It's, it's massive. Um, it's massive. There you go. Um, yeah, in regards to... Uh, we're going to kind of split this show up. We're going to talk about a little bit, obviously, about Yuri and Timber and the injury that he has suffered. We're going to talk a little bit about the injury status of players like Zinchenko as well, of course. Um, but I want to kick things off with the the game, uh, actually, because there was a game played today. None of us have seen it because it was behind closed doors. Um, so we've not been able to see the game. However, um, we have come into the information about kind of what happened, uh, who featured, what who scored the goals. And behind closed doors game against Luton is what it was. So 3-0 victory. David Raya. To my understanding, played 60 minutes. I was reliably informed. Um, Bakai Saka getting a goal. Trossard scoring twice. Um, good run out. Strong sides, I'm told, played by both teams. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the kids. It was full strength Arsenal, uh, relatively full strength uh, Luton. I, I don't think Declan Rice started. I'm pretty certain he didn't start. Um Jorginho, I think, played. Uh, I haven't got that confirmed, but it's kind of a whisper I've heard. But other than that, you know, the usuals. Reese Nelson was back. Zinchenko was That's back. Good news. Two big That's boosts. good news. Um, they both played. So, based upon that knowledge of a game you've not seen, give us a full breakdown. <laughs> and we'll Can I ask a reverse question? Is it unusual that we would have a behind closed doors friendly at this juncture of the start of the season? Well, I was actually going to ask this question because Arteta in his press conference earlier today, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about this, I think, with Timber. I guess we can address it now as well, is that he said that the, a lot of the kind of the, we're seeing Ed Militao, we've seen Buendia, we've seen Raj, help me, who else has been ACL injured um, this Courtois. season? Courtois, yeah. Mings, Mings most likely hasn't been. Yeah, Mings as well. And they put this down to a lot, if I'm not wrong, frequency of games. And Arteta said frequency of games is a problem. And now we're playing behind closed doors friendlies on top of the season. Is there a contradiction there? I think there might be. I mean, I'm going to let the doc take this one away just because I was surprised that it was happening. Number two, of course, we've had the conversation about the ACLs in the women's game. And that's a whole other conversation in terms of science and the way they train and how the frequency of playing. And I'll I'll switch it to the doc here because, okay, so I was in the middle of the summer. I was so excited for the Women's World Cup. And I remember when the World Cup World Cup came around, there was no other football, nothing. It was just the World Cup. You could really put your focus and energy on that. We had Leagues Cup going on here and still have with Messi. You've got the summer tours going on here. All I hear is Messi. Yeah, call it the Messi Cup. Um, Then you have the Premier League, NBC, kind of mid-tier teams, the Villas of the world. I say Chelsea was involved in that. But then you've got that Mm. tournament going on. There's a lot of football, Doc. There's no time off for these guys. Yeah, no, and that's the problem, right? It's trying to become year-round football. And then the other variable, Mikel touched on it, was, you know, the Winter World Cup, right? So you might not have seen the, the mm. direct after effects of that last season, but you see it over time, right? It's cumulative fatigue. That's why when people were talking to talking to me, well, I, was, I mentioned that, like, oh, it was the first game of the season for Timber, but it's not It's not like the, you just everything just resets, right? Like, 
stuff is cumulative over the years. So now you have games coming in hard and thick with less and less rest time. So, you know, these things can happen. And then, you know, with Timber, he's also adapting to a new league. We, the intensity of the Premier League is higher than other leagues. It just is. It's more bursts. Uh, there, there's there's stronger competition top to bottom, right? So you have all these variables in there as well. So can I, Tom, do you mind if I just jump in real quick with a follow-up to this? Because is it similarly to, you know, I go on, I went on my Italian vacation, I come back, I weigh myself and I'm like, oh, you know, you know, you, you think, oh, I've only put on a couple pounds, but it's cumulative, right? The pounds don't show the minute I get back from Italy. So is there a chance that maybe playing on the artificial surfaces during the tour and things like that, or are we talking, it goes a little bit before that in terms of the wear and tear and stuff? I mean, the surfaces aren't great. I was at SoFi. I wasn't great. Um, but like, you know, that's maybe to me, that, that's a very small piece of the puzzle. The biggest piece of the puzzle, the priority should be player workload and player games. That's, that's by far the biggest, especially in the research. And so that's kind of what, you know, has become more and more rampant. It's just, there's so many games. If you just go back and look at like what soccer is playing or what a lot of guys are playing internationally, there's just no, there's no recovery time. Right. Um, so even the summers now are just, are so truncated due to international play or whatever it is. So. Glad you asked that question, so because like, uh, and it leads into a, a curiosity um, about it. Because for me, the, the whole thing about you know the surfaces that the players are playing on it, and it were as you said, it wasn't great in SoFi, Raj. Um, and I think the the MetLife uh, pitch was also pretty poor as well. But obviously, this injury happened on the Emirates field. I, I'm I, I might be you know I'm not an expert, so again, tell me if I'm wrong. But I feel like. It, the risk happens whilst playing on that pitch at that time. Once you're back at the Emirates and you're playing on that pitch, playing on those pitches like a month ago, is that really going to have an impact on you then having an injury on a pristine surface like the Emirates? Does that have any bearing at all in your mind, Raj? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I always hear this about, you know, about turf. The, the, there's no, there has been no link found between mm. playing on turf and ACL. The only link that's been found is playing on dry surfaces because that doesn't allow your, if you watch, like, yeah. for example, with most ACL injuries, the foot gets caught and the knee goes inwards. So yeah. the drier the pitch you play on, the harder it is for you to, mm. there's more friction. So I did mine on a hard surface. Can, I did it on indoor, flat surface, yeah. you know, rubber, rubber Astros, twisted my knee. That's how I did mine. It wasn't on turf. It was on a hard rubber right. surface. And sometimes that, like, I played on rubbery tile and it's hard to, it's hard to get your foot up, right? Like, especially depending on what kind of type of shoe wear you have on. And so that can that can vary. So the drier, the more friction-based surface, the harder it is for your foot to escape. They actually found research showing that um, on a, a, like when you're playing in a, on a rainy pitch, your foot will actually slip, which then allows that knee to just come out. You know, it doesn't get caught and twisted. So it's kind of maybe counterintuitive, you know, from a from a layperson, but if you look at the mechanics of it, it makes sense. Doc, can I ask you this? Um, what of the the narratives, and we've seen it before with Arsenal players, we've seen it with players from other clubs, but he hasn't been injured before. We, I think Thomas Partey was an example that Atletico Madrid hadn't really been injured, has come, muscle injuries, whatever it is. 
what's your take on Timber Cumming, who re- relatively was an injury-free player? Is it fair to say that maybe intensity, um, style of training can add to this? Is that something that we need to be taking into consideration? Yeah, I mean, I mean I, sure, it's hard to really quantify, right? But anytime you increase intensity or you have more fatigue or workload, you're at risk for injury. We also know in general, it doesn't matter what lead you're in, every time you transition intensity, meaning let's say from tra- from camp to preseason games to regular season matches, there's a, there's a jump in risk because your body now has to adapt to that mm. increase, right? So this is the first game of the match. This is the first game of the season. It's the highest intensity game he's played, right? That comes with some risk. It naturally comes with a bump in risk. It might be relatively insignificant, but you know, that bump in risk can lead to more injuries. The data shows we see more muscular injuries early on in the season for that same reason. Mm-hmm. Bodies have to adapt to the game intensity. No amount of training is going to prepare you for that. It, mm. Is it? Is it also the role of the medic who is seeing to timber on the pitch. And I'm asking this, I know a lot of you are very well versed and educated in terms of how the process works, but there's been a lot of comments, you guys, about how the medical staff maybe were... Let's be honest, they've been getting pelters. So they've got, like... they have. And, and, and I find that really kind of so unfair. Um, where does the decision-making stand there, Raj, on the pitch? Ultimately, the manager has the last say. But how, you can't really assess a player and the severity of the injury in that finite time. Can you talk us through that a little bit? Because they have received a lot of criticism. Yeah, it's I mean, it's outcome-based analysis, right, with the criticism. So, I mean, you have a process in place, especially with an ACL injury. There's really reliable hands-on testing, really, really reliable, arguably the most reliable test for hands-on testing to find a full ACL rupture. It didn't come back positive in this case. Part of it is with players who are really muscular, really strong, like Timber, it can create false negatives. And so the hands-on test was negative. He didn't feel any pain. He came back on and played out that half. He went back, likely had more hands-on testing, likely had movement testing, likely went through a warm-up and passed everything. And it's not just one person making that decision. It's the full team. And so and then in the end, the, the, the medical team, like, like Mikel said, they're the ones who clear him. And Timber, yeah, I think there's reports today, even two days after the injury, he didn't have any pain. And so it, it's just one of those, you know, outlier. The reality is it doesn't matter how good your process is, you're going to have some outliers in it. So that's just, that's just what it comes down to. I'll give you an example. Man City with De Bruyne, they're considered one of the best, if not the best medical team in the world. You can tell from there how much how much their t- the time loss of players is like number three every top three every season since Pep took over. De Bruyne came back, played 20 minutes, re-injured his hamstring, full hamstring rupture. Should they all be thrown out now? Of course not, right? Process is process, but it's not perfect. I, for me, it's like I find the I saw comments with words like unforgivable and amateur and, you know, it's like people think they know more than medical professionals doing these tests. You know, ACLs, these types of ligament injuries, they're so spontaneous and and unfortunate in those moments because of the twist. Yes, we can talk about 
the likelihood being increased because of the number of games due to fatigue and things and the influence of that. But at the end of the day, you know, these are moments. They're triggered in these moments by things happening. And, you know, every test on Timber would have been done. Every relevant check would have been done. Every relevant conversation with the player in terms of how he is feeling would have been done. You know, there is no finger to point at the Arsenal medical staff in any Uh, way, uh, shape or form. And also, Tom, imagine if... So the the narrative before the City game was Kevin De Bruyne said he was surprised to be playing, right? Um, there's the, people going at Arsenal for certain things, but also you've got the premier club, as the doc said, in the world with, you know, now with De, what De Bruyne is facing. He's saying he's surprised he was playing. His manager's playing him. You know, this is sports. Uh, there's part of it that is just like the cycle of sports. Players are going to get injured, there's going to be back and forth in terms of, you know, what an, a medical expert may think versus the player. The player is always going to want to play. The player is always going to want to be out there. And and so I just feel like we get a little bit killed extra for certain things where just sometimes, you know, unfortunate things happen in sports and players get injured. And unfortunately, this is the case for Timber. It's so unlucky in so many ways. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I, I think that what the only thing I've ever critically said is that, and it's it's completely, and as I've always said, with the benefit of hindsight, is that if the players come off after and it like uh, after he's been checked over, you're two 0 up at home against Forest. You've got Tommy Asu and Kivio on the bench. You know the benefit of hindsight is really easy for me to say this, but like we've got that depth, we've invested in that depth. We you know we could have made the sub. You know we maybe didn't have to take the risk and. As I say, there's there's no chance that if we that. had have made that or that. not, you know, the injury would or would not have happened. Because as I said, it's it's one of those moments. I don't think that the, and maybe Raj can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel as though the 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 impact that happened at the tackle, it's still a you know a fifty fifty if if it then goes to an ACL in the second half. Tell me if I'm wrong about that. I don't know if it's fifty fifty. Like I said, that's what you have to base it off on all, all your mm. checks, right? If you go through all those tests and everyone agrees to it, you know, that's what you're basing it on. If you're just basing it on subjectivity, then it's hard. Then you kind of get into a really slippery slope, right? And I also say that 2-0 for Arsenal these days is what might be a little more precarious than for other clubs. We just haven't – we don't really do a great job of controlling games. And so maybe that was part of it. I think we saw that second half, right? Like one, one poor counter. We kind of give up these poor goals. And so I think Mikel might have been a little concerned about that. But really, he's just going off what the medical team tells him in the end. And, and everything, everything's coming off as a green light, right? Um, and, that, and you trust your process. You have to go with the process, especially in the moment, right? So that's why you have those processes in place. Can I also just say, like, um, this is a player that's played, what, how many, 65 minutes for us in the Premier League. I get that he's impressive. We had him as the signing of the season on our show. We've all talked about him. Tom and I went, you know, did a whole piece on him on on our show about that he is not only the signing of the summer for Arsenal, but he will be the signing of the summer um, when it gets to the end of the season um, and everyone's giving out those accolades. But I know folks think the sky is falling, but yet, He's not been, how can I say this? He's not proven in the Premier League yet, right? So we've, we obviously we've lost an asset that's going to help us be superior in how we play. 
but also we've lost an asset that hasn't really contributed yet at all. And there's a juxtaposition. I don't know if I'm articulating that the right way, but how do you know what you're missing when you don't know what you've got really? Yeah. I, I know what I understand what you're saying. I think the loss comes from if there is a further injury to a Saliba, to a uh, Tomiyasu again. That that's when we'll feel the loss of you know um, of Timber. We were top of the table favourites for the league prior to Saliba's injury, prior to Timber's arrival, and it was that Saliba injury combined with Tomiyasu's absence as well that meant we had to move with Holding for games and Kivior at right centre back for games and and that big change up. And also a dip in form for Thomas Partey and some absences from him as well. Zinchenko's availability. Martinelli was out for the last couple of games. Uh, you know, Jesus being out for three. All of these combined factors is ultimately why we didn't win the title. You know, I genuinely believe had we have had a full strength squad for much of what like City did. You know, City had most of their top important players for the majority of that season. And had we have been that fortunate, I genuinely think we would have won the league last year. But we didn't. And the reason we signed Timber was as a strategy to try and tackle that problem. And that is why for me, and don't worry for those listening, we will come back for the Luton game. We've kind of just gone off into the Timber stuff straight away, which is fine. We'll come back to the Luton thing because it is important to talk about. But I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For me, we have to now so sign someone. We cannot, like, because Timbers, for me, you just, you have to play it in the way that you think he's going to be out all year. Just play it in that. I think I'd rather have him out for the full season, let him fully recover, come back for 24-25. And so that means, for me, we have to go out and still sign somebody. But tell me where your head's at with it. I mean, I I believe that because we've been so aggressive in the transfer market and we've made these major investments, it would be remiss of us to not go back in and continue the mantra of win now, you know, with the, the, the squad that we have. You don't go out and make those types of investments if you don't believe that you can attack the Premier League. Uh, as someone says, attack, design, attack um, the Premier League this season. And yeah, I do. I think we need to, I think we do need to do that because number one, Tommy Yasu's injury prone, Zinchenko's injury prone. We don't really know what Kivior is like long-term in the Premier League. Kieran Tierney seems to be limited in terms of Mikel Arteta's assessment of what that position is now. And um, you have to, I think you have to reinvest. And, and it's not a loss investment if you get the right player. Uh, I don't know who that player is, Tom. I know you've mentioned a couple on your morning show, uh, but I do believe that we need we need to go in, yeah, in, in order to kind of keep that vibe and that strength in squad going. Yeah, I, I think that if this had happened September 2nd, disaster. It's not yeah. 
as much of a disaster because the window's open. But it's only in that sense if we don't then go and get someone. Raj, like when you look at this, are you have you been you know scouring uh, transfer marks and YouTube for potential options you'd like to see, or and do you have faith that the club will go and bring someone? In? I think it really depends on outgoings at this point. I think there was like a arse block and a thing about the Ray ideal, why it wasn't because the team right now doesn't have much cash. So I think it depends on, it looks like Tavares on the way out. That looks like that's going to happen based on what Nottingham, you know, wants. Uh, Balogun, then Monaco's just playing games right now. And so I think he'll go as well. So but depending on how quickly that happens, I think that will then set the stage for a replacement. Who... I mean, I know we've been linked to Fresneta, but is he ready to contribute, right, at this high of a level? There's also adaptation process. So, um, and there's a couple other names. Uh, so it's just, I mean, we'll see. We'll really see. And, and with Mikel, it's one of those things. He's become more and more focused on players who can raise the level, right, and not just kind of how it was before and come in and fill in. So uh, it's going to be an interesting equation because you do get Timber back next season right so do you bring a player in as a right back who then is like fifth on the ch- fifth down the order next season but that's an interesting balance to me as well yeah I, for me you know this this window was a forward signing away from a perfect window and the players outgoing as well as why you know if we'd have brought in a player to you know compete with Saka and we've moved on Pepe, Cedric, Lekonga, Tavares um, potentially Tierney, Balogun as well I would have been like yeah 10 out of 10 window but with this timber thing, you know, it, it kind of in a way takes away. It shouldn't. And, it, you know, it's not for me a sense of like uh, Edu doesn't still get the credit for that deal. They, they do because it was a brilliant business that we will have, you know, from next season going forwards. I kind of hope that they start looking at a negotiation of a one-year extension of his contract because we basically lost him for a year. Uh, I'd be surprised, but who knows? Um the, the Raya deal in itself is worth something worthy of a prize, in my opinion, because it's just such an incredibly smart bit of financial business for Arsenal. But we have to make sure to, to finish this window strongly for me. Yeah, I, I don't think it should take away from what we've done no, no, in, no. in the window no. at all. I mean, it's just it so unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, you know, if you're committed to the win-now mentality, you go back into the market. There's time, mm. like you said, it's not a disaster uh, you know, if it happened on September second, it would be, it would be terrible. And it's the it's what he was able to bring to the team. So he's not the jack of all trades and master of none. He's a versatile player that is effective in multiple areas, and especially in a time where Zinchenko is struggling with his fitness. You know the way I know a few people came out and said, "Don't worry, so if we've got Tomiyasu, come on, man, we know Tomiyasu doesn't bring the ball out the back the same way Zinchenko and Timber can. It's limited, yeah. and those are the areas. Yeah, sure, can he defend and be a, a great wall of Tomiyasu? Yeah, of course, but it's the other X factors that these players offer that that's what Mikel is going to miss. And Timber was bringing a very special X factor to this team this season. And now he's got a plan for the, for not having that. So what can you do in the interim to fill that gap? Because we know that the players that we have, other than Zinchenko, can't fill that gap. Yeah, for me, it's a case of if the if the option is Arsenal can only and only have the financial freedom to either bring in a defender or a forward now, for me, it has to be the defender because at the end of the day, it was the defensive 
lack of depth that cost us last season. You know, the forward line got the most Premier League goals we've ever scored. So with 88, we've added Kai Havertz as another attacking option as well. You know, Nelson is a year older um, and Ketty is looking like he's starting the season well as well. You know, we have a better attacking squad than we had at the end of last season, but we have the same group of defenders that we had last season and that's ultimately what cost us, so having that group in itself. So we need to improve that. And for me, that has to come from a signing. So, And Arteta, to be fair to him, seems you know, proactive in, in the response to a question on that in the press conference this morning, saying that you know that we are active and we'll look to try and you know do whatever we can do. But the, the problem is you're not going to find another timber. There isn't another timber on the market right now. He's, he is a very unique player and we did very well to get him. But there are players that are and can offer us strength in depth at right back and right centre back. And I think even though Timber was playing left back, I think that is still the area that we need to look to invest in because Saliba being injured is, is the biggest detriment to this team and having the ability to bring someone in at right back, if if not Tommy right. Ash is someone else, that allows White to then move into Saliba's position is for me the best way forward. So and the, and and just so everyone knows, I don't know if they've listened to the conversation we had on our show, but the the club was so hot, also, and I don't say were because he's still he's young, he's going to recover. Mm. But of all the signings, of course, everyone's excited about Declan Rice. But yeah, the club were really excited about this signing, and and they felt they felt like he was the X factor signing. And as much as the others were getting the headlines, Havertz for the wrong reasons, Declan for the right reasons, Timber was the one that everyone was like, you guys, don't whiff on this guy. So it's really a kick for not only Arteta and the team, but the club as a whole in terms of how I want everyone to know how much this signing lifted even the staff at the club. Um, that's how important they felt this signing was. Absolutely. Let's let's bring it back to the, the conversation about the behind-closed-doors friendly win over um, Luton Town because it does actually nicely tie in a few threads. So... Just to confirm, this is the message that I got. Um, so behind closed door friendly against Luton Town at London Colney. It was split into three 30-minute uh, thirds. It wasn't two halves of 45, interestingly. I suppose that's to allow rest in between those periods, which is obviously a proactive thing to try and protect the players. 3-0 um, win, two goals from Leo, goal from Bakaya Saka. Zinchenko and Reese Nelson both featured uh, and Raya played 60 minutes uh, as well. And it was mainly first-team players that played. Um, Raj Zinchenko returning, I think, is a really important thing. I know he's moving. Quick, hop, run. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zinchenko coming back was obviously, I think, a really big thing. We've been waiting so long to see Zinchenko back. He was unavailable for preseason. He was unavailable at the end of last season. Um, and we've missed him at the start of this season. Timber being out is obviously big. And he's been playing, you know, so big that we've been using our new signing that's never really played left back besides at youth level, um, playing him at left back in place of, of Zinchenko. How big for us now is is seeing him back and, and ready? I feel like I extended that question long enough for you to get settled. So <laughs> tell me. I think you answered him. It's a ma he's massive. I mean, yeah, I did. <laughs> he's, he's by far the most, in my opinion, the most impactful new signing last season just just in terms of how he controls the game right allows for that inversion he's still the number one left back right so him being back is uh it's huge it's huge i mean from my understanding he was still dealing with some calf issues which can be really really sensitive which we've seen with multiple players whether it's tamayasu or zinchenko so 
Um, it's huge. I mean, he just he controls the game like no other player. I think that interview we had, I can't remember who it was with. Was it with Rio? Where he was like just telling yeah. him like the basics yeah. and from and Rio had like no idea understanding of what he was talking about, which was the funniest <laughs> part. <laughs> but it's a whole different conversation. And like he just like he sees the game in such a simple way, right? And that's how Mikel sees it. I remember Mikel's first training with the team. They had a video and he was like, You either pass the ball into open space, you either dribble the ball into open space, or you move into open space, right? And it's like these guys who can break complexity down to simplicity, those are like the true the geniuses on, on the pitch. And Zinchenko for me falls into that same category. I love I'll the way I love pitch, yeah. yeah, I love the way that when he asked him about Saliba as well in that interview, the way he just kind of like broke it down and talked about it yeah. and just makes you understand his reaction to that goal as well when he scored um in his in his first season, in his first season back. Um Doc, you know, with regards to the injury that keeps you out is one thing, but then the secondary injuries that can occur on your in your recovery, what's the risk there for Zinchenko in terms of his recovery? Because we're talking about from last season now, and now we're close to September. Well, the biggest thing is it's more just fitness level, like we talked about. You know, when you're not match fit, you're you're at risk. And so coming back into matches, you have to develop match fitness by playing in matches. But then there's there's still that mismatch while you're developing that match fitness, right? It takes a while. Saliba said he's not 100% match fit yet even. And he's played the whole pre. He's played games. It takes a while. I think people underestimate just what 100% is for elite footballers, right? Like it's not, it's not going out and running two miles. We're talking about this is – the top 0.01% of fitness level, right? So it takes time to get back. But that's also mm. where that risk for muscular injury comes in because you just can't, you can't replicate match intensity outside of matches. You just cannot. It doesn't matter even behind closed door friendly. You don't have the crowd behind you. You don't have that adrenaline. You're not going in for those 50-50s, right? When the crowd is roaring, whatever it is. So that changes the intensity level. You'd have to play consistently in those matches to build that fitness. But again, that adaptation process comes with certain risks. Mm-hmm. So uh, Leo Trostard scored twice in this game uh, against Luton. Um, and yet he remains someone that seemingly can't find himself on the starting lineup. Um, I love this. I-, I would be starting him on Monday night. You know, uh, people will say this is obviously a game behind closed doors and that, but form is, for me, really, really important. Momentum's really, really key. I thought he looked good when he came on against uh, Nottingham Forest in the first game. He was obviously massively influential in helping us um, lift the community shield with that that strike at the end. Yes, very fortunate, you could argue, but the composure he showed before stepping inside to take that shot. In pre-season, he, alongside Bakaya Saka, was my standout of the, of the summer, of what he provided. A, should he for you start on Monday? And B, why isn't he starting? Um, So I love this player. Uh, We've waxed lyrical about him many, many times. I don't want him to start. And here's why. (laughs) I think it's important to have lethal weapons on the bench and for the opposition to be afraid of those lethal weapons. Um, I also think that the more you develop a caged animal, the more he becomes you know, fiery when he's going to be unleashed. Trossard knows 
This is this is one game in. We've 37 Premier League games to go. We've got the FA Cup, we've got the Carabao Cup, and we've got the Champions League. Trossard is going to have an impact on our season. And he is going to have a very important impact. And I really believe in this super sub concept. Um, the Emil Smith Rowe 10 goals season, that came mostly, mostly from him off the bench. Everyone wanted him to start. I wanted Martinelli to start more. You know, came off the bench, had impact. Now, I think it's a little bit different because Trossard is a far more seasoned player. He's more mature age-wise. He's, more ele- he's, he's, he's older. He's more elevated in his experience. But he's going to be so important to this team. I don't mind him starting on the bench right now. I like this management because let's just say Havertz doesn't improve. Let's say there's things that become complicated. There's an injury. Trossard is going to step in and and have a moment. But right now, I love the idea of having this force of nature on the bench that can come on and change the game. We always talk about having game changers on the bench and he's definitely one of them. Really is, and I see that argument. And I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and saying, you know, if he doesn't start, you know, he's coming on, like because he's just so key for Arteta. He's so key in what Arteta wants to do with that that position. Um, the other goal scorers we mentioned was Saka, but the other key starter we've already mentioned so far was Zinchenko. Is Reese Nelson? Um, it was gutting to see him miss the US tour because you know he just come back from injury, just signed that new contract. And then we find out he's injured again. And so coming back, what do you what do you think about Reese Nelson and, and what he might be able to bring? I know he was on the bench um for the game against Forest. He didn't come off the bench, but getting minutes here and starting, I think, uh, I think he did start the game. Um, you know, really, really important. That's for you, so sorry. Oh yeah. Raj is in um... vacuum mode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so, sorry, it's talking about which player were we talking Reece about just Nelson. then? Yeah, Reese Nelson. So, okay, Reese Nelson. my questions, I swear. No, no, I was, I was, I wasn't, I was then reading the private chat message about the vacuum and then I was like, am I stuck in a vacuum? I didn't, and then you said, so good at that. And I'm like, am I good at vacuuming or just talking through the vacuum in session? So yes, I'm good at that. Um, I love Reese Nelson. Again, he's an, we need impact subs. I mean, he gave the perfect example of the type of play he could be. He almost did it twice last season. Once was enough, right? Um, That's the position I think. There were two positions left where there wasn't enough competition. One was the goalkeeping situation. Um, The other was Saka. Who's going to challenge Saka? Because I don't care how good he is and how much he's uh, our star boy and we have him on a pedestal and I love that. But he needs to be challenged too. He needs to continually be motivated week in, week out. I I like that we have these options. Here's the scoop. A little bit like Eddie. While Jesus is out, if Eddie comes in and does what he did last season for the time Jesus is going to be out, love that. If, God forbid, Saka's injured and Reese Nelson can come in for two, three, four games and, and perform well, love that. But long term, you need your premier players. And I think that we've uh, we've enhanced our ability to cover over a period of time, but those players aren't good enough to fill in for a season, which is why we need to go back in and make sure that we've got cover for Timber, God forbid, if Zinchenko's injured again. You know, Reese Nelson can be injury prone. Um, Jesus is injury prone. You've got options for up front. So, yeah, I mean, he's good, but we know they're fillers. 
they're not starters long term. And I think that's the difference between us and Manchester City still just a little bit as well. I agree with you. Uh, I think that when it comes down to the gap between Saka and who's behind him, and I look at Reese Nelson as a real option to, to come in um, for FA Cup, Carabao Cup, some Premier League rotation, Champions League group stage. You know, I think Nelson's really improved in the last year, really stepped his game up and was in really impactful in certain moments last season. The, the guy, a little bit like Nketiah, just needs that run of games and more consistency of minutes. And, and that's what's ultimately going to be really key. Uh, Raj, you want to come in on, on Trossard just before we move on? Yeah, back at me is all finished. Sorry. Uh, I think interestingly with Trossard, you know, Mikel has talked more about something called finishers, right? He's, talk, he's mentioned that word multiple times, having guys come in maybe the last third of the match. I think he currently views Trossard as one of those guys. Just because he offers such a different type of game especially compared to martinelli's always making those you know those hard bursting runs Trissard is much more all about you know finding space in those areas being able to interchange so that makes it really difficult for the back line to have to shift their mentality you've been on your heels all game with martinelli here comes Trissard, who's now going to find those pockets and so I, that balance between the two is what makes it, you know, so challenging to defend, to have to completely change your defensive mechanisms in game. It, it's such a, a, a valuable tool. But at the same time, it's like, you know, what could he do over, me, over 90 minutes as well, right? So uh, that's, that's the other side of the coin as well. So it's an yeah. interesting balance. It's an interesting balance with Dressard. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think that, I, yeah, if he ends up on the starting lineup on Monday, I'm going to be buzzing. But equally, you know, I know, as I said before, he's going to be coming off the bench at some point to cause some chaos if he doesn't start. So very exciting indeed. Looking forward to going to... I say I'm looking forward to going to Selhurst Park. I know. Okay, I'm going to be very honest now. I don't like I've, going there. I've never been to Selhurst Park and seen Arsenal win, right? So this... This Monday night, I didn't go last season, but I've been the time when we drew... Do you remember when Zaha died for that penalty and we drew 2-2? I think Xhaka... Yes scored that free kick from the left from the right hand side i was at the three nil defeat where everyone was chanting mm. you're not fit to wear the shirt i've been there at the worst of times i need to see a win at selhurst park need 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 to win need well to get, let's need see to magic it. mike is not going to be there this season so i think True. we're i think we're fine you're not the bock he's the bock so i think we're good i'm calling it right now he's the okay bock. Okay, yeah. well, hopefully yeah. you're right, and uh, <laughs> hopefully you're right, and that is certainly going to be the case. Um, just to kind of move on to the final part of, of today's show, of course, this being the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast, it's not just about Arsenal, uh, in particular Arsenal chat, but we also do a lot of health and fitness chat as well. Um, and uh, this season, obviously, as you guys know, the last four four weeks, I think now, I've been on doing this, this training program um, with a personal trainer online, specialized diet and stuff. And started on around 101 kilos. I'm now 96.2 after uh, just over four weeks. And like, what the, the thing I've learned so much from this is that doesn't matter how much training you do in terms of like muscle work, cardio, whatever. You get your diet right, and you're on a great pathway. Like, I had overeating issues so badly. Like, I'd snack here, 
just like feel like oh, I'm bored, so I'm going to eat. Like just feel the, the gaps between meals with food because I'm bored and I want to grab something. Or if I'm watching telly, I'm like, well, I can't watch telly unless I've got a snack to watch telly with. Like getting rid of that and getting out of that mindset has like changed so much about my diet. I cannot, I cannot emphasize it enough. Like diet is like 80% for me of the whole mm-hmm. process. It's still important to do your exercise. And I've been getting my steps up as well, of course, because working from home and switching from teaching to this is, you know, there's a lot more sitting around behind a desk and typing compared to that. And that, that's been key as well. And getting into golf has, has helped significantly with the amount of steps I'm doing. But uh, what I want to do before we wrap up is I, I asked the guys completely. I planned them. This has been in the plans for weeks. I did not spring this on them in the in this private chat whatsoever just five minutes ago. Um, but uh, I wanted to say uh, if they could, if everyone could come out, we'll get one from Owen for when he comes back as well because Owen, Owen said to me the other day that he needs a health goal. So we'll get one from him. Um, but if you can have one goal personally for you for this season, um, be that diet, training, mentality, and anything off the field, on the field, if you like, uh, Soph, what would you what would you go with? Um, I went through a phase where I stopped drinking for a bit from Christmas until maybe maybe until I got together with Magic Mike on one of these tours, probably. And mm. I f- I feel like I feel better when I'm not drinking as much. So game day drinking is for me going to be the big one, and especially because I watch a lot of the games here. So that start that can start early. You make an excuse. Hey, you know it's four thirty a.m. Let's have a beer. <laughs> Arsenal are playing. Who drinks a beer at four thirty in the morning? I mean, it's not something about that just doesn't feel right. But at the same time, the culture makes it feel right. So for me, it's going to be a little bit of that. In terms of diet, I'm really proud of how I eat. Mediterranean diet, lots of grilled fish, grilled chicken. I'm on a bit of a vegetable kick right now. Yesterday, I just made this cauliflower, broccoli, asparagus, mushroom, San Marzano, tomatoes, you know, all in oh. a big bowl, um, which has just been totally delicious. And then I'll just have a big bowl of that. So for me, it's, and I don't even really like drinking, but I feel like when I'm with everyone or I'm watching a game, it you kind of get swept up in it. And so for me, if I can cut out something that I actually don't really enjoy as well, that would be a win this season yeah i've i've found that's been a big challenge in this is like um especially with football like yeah I, there was the the mid the um the early kickoff when we played against forest and obviously finishing work at around well four thirty five o'clock and you know, obviously that time everyone's still in the pub mike was there and i'm there i'm going there i'm thinking that everyone's gonna be drinking beer which is like the worst thing that you can drink for your for health wise so many carbs like 200 calories per pint and all this and it's about sticking to kind of like vodka soda lime or just soda and lime without even the vodka if I don't want to drink and stuff. But it is really hard. And I have slipped a couple of times. I have had a pint here and there with friends when I've been out because like there's almost that peer pressure. And we have like uh, my in-laws going up to watch the Charlton game, for instance, on the train. They got like a, a, a eight pack of, of cans or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'll have a can and stuff like that. And you can slip up. I think that's what's also key is like you you don't have to be perfect you know one of the things i've learned is like progression over per- perfection and just making sure you're progressing is really really important raj what's your goal for the season mate well firstly yeah this is why i watch games alone in a room by myself and so <laughs> no peer no peer pressure i, I don't drink during I, i've never drank during teams i i care about i already have enough stress so it's like i'm just trying to watch the Fair game. Enough. And so I try, although it happens sometimes, right? 
And so, and it's all environment dependent. Sometimes, you know, when like I can't always be the environment I want. And in that case, you know, someone's having a drink, you'll have a drink. It is what it is, right? So the key is just, you know, I don't think it's just not beating yourself up about it. It happens, right? So it is what it is. Um, my goal really is probably not overtraining. And so, you know, I'm probably too active, whether it's with clients, whether it's with patients, tennis, basketball lifting, running, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I always talk about, you know, giving yourself recovery days. Uh, and that's, that's my issue is not giving myself proper recovery days. But I found more and more when I take a proper recovery day, I feel so much better the following week. And it actually helps, you know, it helps your training because you're properly recovered. So I, I think it's when you have this relationship with activity, where like, you know, it's so intertwined in your life sometimes, you almost feel guilty for not being active, but you have to also understand you have to allow your body to, to recover, not just for injury, even if you're doing performance aspects and, and you'll be better off for it. So for me, that's really trying to drill that into myself, just being able to recover and, and relax and shut off a little bit, which, which is difficult for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's nice to have a spectrum, I think, as well, like of goals. Like it's sometimes it's for someone it's to train more, someone it's to give yourself more rest, and you know, and, and for so just picking on something individually in your diet makes such a big difference as well, you know, and and mentally as well. I think you know, it's always been about willpower for me, and I thought that's why I think I needed to invest in a program. So now I know I've spent some money, and that's helped me as well, knowing that you know it's not just like a fad thing where you know, I'm going to start a diet and all this and count calories and stuff. It's like, no, I've invested in this. I'm invested in this. And so therefore it's going to push me to, to, you know, commit to it more. And you've got someone holding you accountable in some ways as well, which isn't like a family member or a partner. It's someone that you don't know, which I think adds a little bit of extra pressure because like, you know, they don't know you. There's no sympathy in the sense of coming from a family or friend. You know, I like that element of having being held accountable by someone I've, I've never spoken to or met before, before this period. So that's been great. So I look forward to updating you continually on on mine and the guy's progress well and hearing from Owen as well when he returns to the show very soon. Uh, it does mean that, of course, our Strava group is still going. I have been neglecting the Strava. Uh, I'll be very honest with you. I do need to get back into it to try and log my at least my golf rounds and stuff like this. But it's great to see that so many of you have still uh, been using it, which is absolutely fantastic. If you do want to join uh, our Strava group, you just need to go to strava.com slash clubs slash E-S-A-R-P. That's www.strava.com slash clubs slash E-S-A-R-P. You've had some amazing stories last season. You know, we started this um, whole thing pretty late on in the season and we've had people in that Strava group meet up, you know, become friends. So it's proven to be a really great uh, place for people to, to to kind of log that and and share experiences. So please, please do join our Strava group. But thank you to everyone tuning in live. Thank you to everyone listening or watching on Catch Up. Make sure that you've dropped a like if you haven't done so already and subscribe. Make sure that you've followed these two brilliant people as well. Sophie, thank you for jumping on. Tell people where they can find you. Thanks. Uh, give us a shot at Highbury Squad. Uh, have a listen to some of our shows. Got some good stuff coming up. And uh, Tom, I just wanted to say well done for your event. Um, many people have uh, reached out and written and uh, some of the folks listening to our show the other night was saying what a great event it was. So congratulations to you and everyone involved in that. Well done. 
Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was a really, really great event. I'll just on that. Hopefully tomorrow we will be uploading it. Um, uploading kind of a an edited version. Obviously, those that are at the event know in the first half, Gabriel had an absolute nightmare with some of the microphones. So we've edited out all of kind of the the, the chaos. So you'll get the uh, the edited version of of the show. But it's you know it's, it was great, and uh, yeah, I look forward to. Uh, to doing more live stuff in the future watch this space um and raj brilliant as always my friend thank you so much for the insight uh, tell people where they can find you yeah thanks for having me as always always nice to chat uh it's been too long I hope you always sound so thrilled to do it. <laughs> this is actually my thrill the voice imagine what it's like when i'm not thrilled he's so cool <laughs> he's so chill it's so awesome i love it yeah it's fine you know, so... how are you doing guys yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly save it for the game that i said save it for the matches and so uh, you find me at 3cb performance uh, on all social media hopefully and uh, no more arsenal injury updates soon but who knows mm. absolutely um just quickly i saw someone tweet saying there's been an orny bomb i'm just checking what that is uh oh okay it's about nottingham forest and yusuf fafana is actually the midfielder that i really really wanted to see arsenal go for 35 million euro plus add-ons bid has met monaco's expectations now it's personal terms so forest yusuf fafana wow that's impressive that means yeah more for, and they have more for Bello. Yeah, they've been linked with Bala, they've been linked with Tavares. So let's see um, if indeed Tavares ends up moving to, to Forest. Fingers crossed. I did say that I'd do a live show naked if we got 40 million for it. And then <laughs> when it, when it came, I think John Croft in the mirror. Oh, I think John Croft in the mirror tweeted something like, oh, 30 million. And I was like, no, <laughs> surely not. Wait, but Tom, um, not newscaster naked, right? Full on. Not newscaster naked. you got to go like the whole... I feel like it would be like Gary Lineker match of the day after mm. Leicester won the league type thing. Sure. I think that's what it would have to be. So we might have to amend it to like Tom and his pants doing a show. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's just, I'm never going to get away with that. I'm a, I'm a journalist. I can't be sitting around naked doing shows. It's ridiculous. Anyway, it's not going to happen. We're not getting 40 million for Nuno Tavares. That's what we're even worrying about. Um, but thank you, everyone, in the chat box. Really appreciate your time. As always, as I say, do drop a like, subscribe, all that lovely stuff. And uh, we're back next week. We're going to try to be doing these every Thursday at nine o'clock. We're moving it from Wednesdays because, of course, we're in the Champions League, baby. So uh, no Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Let's just praise we don't get knocked out of the group stage into Europa League on Thursday. <laughs> that would be really horrible. Um, so we're going to hope to do these uh, fairly regular uh, 9 p.m. Thursdays. Uh, we'll update you as and when uh, that we hope that we can do that. Have a fantastic evening, day, weekend, all that lovely stuff. Enjoy your Fridays. See you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.